0: What is up, guys? Welcome back to another episode of the podcast. In this one, I did an interview or conversation more so with uh, another fellow YouTuber goes by the name of Hoop Laude, which is L-A-U-D-E. He does a bunch of different stuff on his channel in terms of giving advice for student athletes as well, so be sure to check him out. But in this episode, it's just part one of a three-part series that I'll be uploading to the podcast soon. This was part one where we talked about finding the best AAU team, um, how to get exposure, and what it takes to succeed so i hope you guys do enjoy this episode of the podcast be sure if you can to uh, leave a rating on the podcast it's really going to help it out um, and a comment uh depending on if you like it or not so i would really appreciate that but uh without further ado enjoy this episode of the podcast
1: yes indeed big brother bear here to give you all that you want And what you need. And listen, I put out information every week helping student athletes be the very best they can be both in their sport and out. I tell them about my own story, how I failed the sixth grade in the eighth grade, special education classes, if it wasn't for basketball, I wouldn't have graduated high school, let alone college. I tell them all of that, but guess what? That's my story. And my story is not even the most important story or the only story. In order to get get the best value, in order to get the biggest benefit, you gotta learn from other people's stories as well. That's why I interviewed them on this channel. Today I have a treat for you. Jen Fay out of Quinnipiac University tells her story. Check this out. If winning four conference championships out of five years isn't enough, if that doesn't impress you four times out of five years, they won four conference championships, if that doesn't impress you, what if I told you in this interview, she also talked about how you can still get college recruits looking at you, even if if you're not a star player on your team. What if I told you she also talks about how to pick the best AU program in your area to get the most looks from colleges. And if that's not enough, she also talks about how to battle back through adversity while you're in college. There's a lot of stuff in this interview that I don't want you to miss out on. I'm gonna chop this interview up in segments. I'm not gonna put the whole thing out. This is just a segment, this is part one. There's going to be a part two a part three, so just make sure you check out this interview. And while you're doing that, make sure you check out what she has going on on TikTok and also on Instagram because she puts out a ton of value as it relates to skills and drills and also mindset and things you should be looking forward to as far as being a student athlete. So check her out. Check this interview out. Let me know in the comments what you think about it. This interview is going to be phenomenal, by far one of the best ones I've had thus far. Tons of value, tons of free game. You're going to love this. All right. So Jen, can you talk to us a little bit about just your background, your bio, as far as basketball is concerned?
0: Yeah, as far as basketball is concerned, I grew up in Long Island, New York, Nassau County, a small town uh, called Limbrook. Um, And I started playing when I was pretty young, probably five or six, you know, usual CYO teams, middle school, all the uh, basic stuff. I went to Limbrook High School for a year. Um, and then I actually ended up transferring to a school in New York City, uh, which was Nazareth Regional Academy in East Flatbush in Brooklyn. Um, made the transition there just to play more competitive basketball. Ended up getting recruited uh, my junior year by a couple schools. I had I had a decent amount of schools narrowed down my list, and uh, ended up going to Quinnipiac University in Connecticut, um, and I you know had the Pretty much the best four or five five years, technically, best five years of my life um, in terms of basketball. When I got to Quinnipiac, we uh, won four championships while I was there. So four NCAA tournament appearances. We, we made it to the Sweet 16, my junior year. And then we got to the second round, my senior year. And then my red shirt senior year, we ended up losing in the first round, but had a lot of success. Um, so I've been playing basketball for a while.
1: Gotcha. Gotcha. Now you and I had the opportunity to speak about uh, just kind of your journey beforehand. And there's a lot of things that I felt that a lot of people would be able to to learn from. But one would be just the sacrifice you went through as far as getting exposure. Now there's a lot of student athletes on my channel. They're always asking the question of how can I get exposure? How can I get exposure? Can you talk a little bit about your journey from transferring to going through what you had to go through uh, to get exposure to even be able to play division one basketball?
0: Yeah, I think the biggest thing that a lot of people uh, don't really understand, and it's parents as well as kids, is you have to make sure that you're playing in a competitive atmosphere. And I try and really emphasize this to younger kids. You know, it's not always about being the best player on a bad team, right? You got to win some games, you got to have some notoriety. And a lot of times it's going to take some sacrifice. Like I went to Limburg High School, um, and, you know, obviously it was a great school, great town, great academics, but the basketball aspect, it wasn't competitive enough for college coaches to be, you know, coming to our school to watch our games. I had to make a change. Um, and you know, I had to sacrifice the friends that I had at that school, you know, obviously the great academics, all that, because I knew at the end of the day I wanted to play in college and I needed to go to a school that would allow me to get seen and have more opportunities. Was that transition
1: difficult for you in making, you know, the jump from high school to high school and, if so, how'd you, how'd you get through that?
0: Yeah, I mean, I think it would have been a little bit easier if after eighth grade, you know, everyone makes the decision of what high school they're going to go to if I had done it then. But I actually, you know, played my entire freshman year at Limbrook before transferring. So, you know, imagine you're, I was probably I was 14, I think, you know, having to leave in the middle of high school, not the beginning where everyone's new. It's the, you're going as into, as a sophomore uh, to a new school, Um, which was in New York city, which is completely different demographically, you know, just the style of play than what I was used to in a suburban town. So that was definitely a huge adjustment. Um, And I was not happy about it. My parents, I thank them, you know, to this day for it, but I fought them on it till the very last minute. I did not want to transfer, but I didn't see the bigger picture and they did. So I'm very thankful that, uh, you know, they were looking, looking down the road and looking long-term.
1: That's awesome. And quick plug, the bigger yep. picture, you know, that's the whole deal with uh, the giraffes. So I appreciate that reference. The bigger picture. I love that. But I think that a lot of us, um, we can become delusional in high school because we're only playing against competition that kind of suits our ego. You could have definitely stayed at your previous, your previous school and been the, the biggest baller coming out of that area. But right. you, you chose to go where the competition was. You chose to go to a place that you weren't gonna come in there and be the the, the best player just on day one. Can you mm-hmm. talk to us about that mindset?
0: Yeah, I mean I think if I had stayed in Long Island, I'm not you know, I, I think I still would have had some schools recruiting me. I definitely think that. But I don't think I would have been as prepared when I got to college. Um, because the level of competition again around me wasn't as high. I got so much better from playing. You know, my, my senior year, my, that class that we had, um, all five of us ended up at Division I schools. Uh, notably, you know, Bianca Cuevas-Moore was a McDonald's All-American, my teammate that year. Um, you know, played with her since, since we played AAU together as well, so played with her for four years. Having an all-star point guard like that who ends up at South Carolina playing for Dawn Staley— you know how much better that made me as well. So, you know, when you're playing against the best of the best, when you get to college, the transition is going to be easier, right? You're not you're not playing against, you know, recreational players as much when you're, you know, in high school. So that transition is just a lot more smooth because you're ready for that level of competition. Yeah.
1: Now, I didn't play AAU basketball, uh, but I understand that if you have the opportunity to play, then it may be a good opportunity depending upon the teams and whatnot that you're a part of the the tournaments and so on and so forth. Talk to us a little bit about just your journey with AAU basketball. Did it help you? Did it hinder you?
0: Uh, So I started off on a local team from Long Island, the Long Island Lightning, which was a great start for me just to start traveling around the New England area, local tournaments. But when I got to, I think it was eighth grade, I made the switch and I jumped onto the same AAU team of my high school coach that I eventually went to. So the same coach that coached me in New York City, I went on to that team that was Exodus New York City. They are now a Nike EYBL sponsored team. So they're doing big things. They have... Big commitments coming out of that school every year in terms of Division One. Uh, almost everybody on that roster is Division One. So you know, playing playing for that competitive again of a level of AAU, we're traveling not just in the New England area. You we're going all over the country, right? We went to Tennessee. There was some Battle of the Borough tournaments, Kentucky tournament, Run for the Roses was one of my favorite tournaments to play in every year. And again, just exposure. Think about it. If you're if you're only playing in, if you're playing on a team that's only going to two or three states, right? The opportunities are limited. They're a team that's traveling all across the country because there's gonna be, you know, 2x, 3x the amount of coaches that are gonna be there, and that's 2x, 3x the amount of opportunities for you to get seen.
1: Yeah, yeah. It seems simple. It seems, you know, that people want to be a part of AAU to to uh, to get exposure. But let's talk about the sacrifice that, that takes. Uh, we, we right, talked about, right, you know, right. some individuals they may be in rural areas, some individuals may be on the other side of town. Uh, in our previous conversation, we talked about, you know, individuals that had to travel quite a bit to quite a quite yeah. a ways to get to those opportunities. It wasn't just given to them. It wasn't just here. You want to go play division one basketball? Here you go. And, and so on and so forth. They actually had to grind uh, and sacrifice quite a bit. Talk about that a little bit.
0: Yeah, right. I mean, it's easier said than done to just hop onto a great AAU team or a great high school program, right? You have to go out and do some work yourself. If you're not, you know, one of those, top players in your state or in your area right now, then you might have to reach out to them, see who you can connect with. I always tell players, if you're having a hard time getting on a more competitive team, look up the 10 to 15 best players in your state, see what programs they're playing for, right? At this point, You know, AAU, everything is publicized. Everything's on social media. You know, you can pretty much find out everything about anybody. So look up those players. What programs are they playing for? And just because you can't get on that specific team, a lot of these programs have several different teams, maybe a level A team, level B team, right? Get in that program because... At the end of the day, college coaches are huge on, okay, this is, you know, Exodus, New York City, or this is the Philly Bells, right? That program, they're going to come and they're going to be around that program. So they're eventually going to get to see your team play as well. So I think that that's really big. You got to be willing to make sacrifices. You can't. You can't make excuses necessarily that, you know, I live far away. I had teammates in high school that traveled over an hour to get to school. I traveled an hour. They traveled over an hour. And I was privileged. I had a ride to school every day. My parents sacrificed. They drove me to school, you know, to New York City. wasn't easy every day. But I had teammates that hopped on the transit, the subways, the buses, and they would leave their homes at 5 a.m., right? And they wouldn't get back. We had practice later at night. They're not getting home till 10 p.m., right? So there's no excuse at the end of the day. If you want it and you know that it's a great opportunity, you'll find a way to make it happen.